promotional consideration paid for by the following. Impact Wrestling is now on Access TV. Catch all the action every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. Visit accesstv.com for more information. Don't forget, you can start your Impact Plus 30-day free trial right now. Head over to plus.impactwrestling.com. And if you miss any of the Impact action, you want some exclusive Impact content, go to Impact Wrestling's YouTube page. Be part of the 3.5 million wrestling fans getting interviews, recaps, highlights, and much more. Search Impact Wrestling right now on YouTube and enjoy a ton of exclusive content. wanted to be a good brother when you grew up and there was only one man I knew who could induct you into the good brother club so I reached out to Doc Gallows Doc said I ain't doing nothing I'll come on your podcast and here he is Doc Gallows listen if you look at Dimitri you see the legend that he is and then you look down at his shirt and you see Zeus and you don't think he's a good brother, then you get the hell out of here and you can't choose who's a good brother and who's not because he's already an honorary good brother. First and foremost, that's I gotta what say, I'm talking about. Thank you. Thank you so much you know, for coming right. on the podcast. We are we're super geeked out about this. When I saw Talk Shop, a mania coming up, I saw the previews for it. Dimitri and I have been talking about it all week. Dimitri and I got Slammiversary. We were texting back and forth. Nice. You popped up. We're in, Dimitri and I are huge Impact guys, so for you to go to Impact is pretty cool for us. So thank you. Man, I love hearing that. And like this is not just because I signed the contract and went there. Carl and I both uh, have a long history with Scott Demore. Um, Scott saw Carl. He knows Roger Ruffin, Carl's trainer in Cincinnati, Ohio. He saw Carl from about day one, liked him, tried to get him hired in TNA 15 years ago. Uh, for whatever reason, it was a no dice. Carl went to Japan, carved out the career that he had. And then, you know, my dumbass showed up and the rest is kind of history. We were like two <laughs> peas in a pod. It's like an, it's like an ongoing stepbrothers movie, uh, with the two of us. But, um, but Scott, you know, when I was in TNA the first time, I had a one-year deal with a one-year option and there was a, a raise in the contract and they were basically like, look, we're out of money. There's no raise. We want you to stay. We got an idea for you. We want to turn you baby face, yada, 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 but there's no more money. And I was kind of like, well, that's not the deal and that's not how contracts work. So uh, Nick Aldis, Magnus was negotiating and Scott was helping him with TNA at the time. And he introduced me to Scott and Scott said, I think new Japan's a great fit. Have you ever thought about it? And I was like, 100% I've thought about it, but I don't, I'd never had it in there. You know, I'd worked some IGF for Antonio Inoki. I'd done a tour with Noah. Uh, the TNA told me I could continue to work in Noah while I worked there, but that didn't end up coming to fruition for whatever reason with the uh, management at the time. But Scott put that thing together, put me in touch with New Japan. And, you know, in my opinion, that completely changed my career. Um, I went over there in 2000. 13 i think it was 29 when i first went over there i met i'd met carl a couple of times in passing and you know we had a beer together and i knew he was a cool guy but we we weren't buddies we didn't really know each other and uh we came out we debuted in cork and hall which it's a funny story when you hear him tell it because he was in line for this big singles push right so <laughs> he was scott said hey i think this guy would be good they show the tape to the the people uh in charge over there and they go oh <laughs> You guys would be a great tag team. And Carl was like, man, this guy. I want my singles. <laughs> so he got saddled with me. And uh, I think we ended up being a pretty damn good uh, tag team, which eventually formed into the, the brand that uh, we are today. So um, Scott reaching out, I know it's a long answer to a, to a short statement, but uh, I just, I can't put Scott over enough because uh, in September of 19, when our deals were up originally, before we signed the, the deals that we, we did to stay in WWE, 
uh, AEW had a very generous offer on the table. Um, WWE kept up in the money there, but, but Scott with impact came really strong. And, and he basically said, look, if I don't have what they have, we're still buddies, but I want to be a dog in the fight. And he was in it then. Um, then when this happened in the COVID releases and stuff, he goes, look guys, I still have the same deal for you. I will carve out new Japan. So you can go back. We want you to work in New Japan. We know that's your thing. That was the you know the best time in our careers. They're going to let us do that. And he said, and I know you have this podcast. You're coming out with this beer. You're doing this pay-per-view. He goes, we'll support all of it. We'll co-promote all of it. And uh, we'll let you do your thing. And I mean, he was here on my property for Talking Shop of Mania and <laughs> helped me through all the madness. <laughs> so, you know, I can't say enough about Boss Hoot on all of that because – to see this pay-per-view that we came up with on a whim that is ridiculous advertised on impact wrestling on television. I just went, this is a great fit. It's a great decision. And uh, I think it's really cool to have those guys on board with us. You know, um, they told us we had a promo on the, uh, the Tuesday episode of TV and nobody brought me a script or a sheet <laughs> or anything. They go out, this is how much time we would like. And uh, you know, you guys be you and to feel that, I think that's what impact was already turning the corner. Cause I'm a wrestling fan like you guys. So I watch AEW. I watched impact when I was in WWE. I think that's a great roster. It already was a great roster. And now you have all these free agents coming on the scene. And there are a lot of guys who are going to thrive in that environment because they were a little bit handcuffed in WWE or for whatever reason, certain people didn't see them in certain positions, but like Brian Myers is one of the most underrated guys in the business. Uh, if you're not a fan of Eric Young, then you don't like pro wrestling. He's a phenomenal. Um, the charisma, the microphone skill set, the look of EC3, one of my best friends in wrestling, unreal uh, talent to have come on board. And then, uh, you know, they brought in the boys. So I think that, uh, like for Carl and I, it was just, it was a really great, satisfying night to see Slammiversary trend at number one. And uh, all the buzz that came out of that pay-per-view. And then watch those guys go out and just deliver, you know. Um, Eddie Edwards is unreal. Uh, I loved whoever thought of having the Motor City Machine Guns make their return in the first match. I went up to both of them because I'm a fan of their work. And I said, the only thing that I'm sad about is we're in this COVID era. Because when that graphic hit the screen and their music hit, that would have been an amazing pop for those guys. Oh, yeah. You know? Like I was like, as a fan, I would have loved to have heard that pop and felt it for him. You know what I mean? But it was, it was still just cooler than hell. I've been lucky enough because my first podcast co-host was Petey Williams. So I've been yeah. lucky enough to be able to hang out backstage at many impact tapings cool. over the last two years. And I got to know Scott and you're right. He's one of those guys that, and we talked about this with Darren McCarty, former NHL player last mm -hmm. night. One of those guys that he can have 500 things going on, but he still makes three minutes to stop, make you feel like you're the most important guy in the room. Even exactly. if he doesn't remember your name, you're still going right. to feel very important. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And, I mean, just to the point, like, this is a behind-the-scenes story. I don't think anybody knows this, and I, I don't know. It's just we're going to talk wrestling, so I might as well tell it. Impact was doing Atlanta tapings right before, you know, our, our world's kind of shut down, so they had an audience and stuff. And they needed a ring, you know, they, they rent rings from people and stuff because it makes more sense economically if you have a good one. And I have a good one here in Georgia. So they wanted the ring rental from, from me and Scott's my buddy. I said, yeah, of course, whatever you guys need, I'll have the guys throw it up and bring it up there. I have an independent promotion in Georgia, which uh, another cool thing in the deal is they're going to put that on Impact Plus now. So my Larry Auto Pro shows will be part of Impact Plus, which for $7.99 a month, you get every pay-per-view ever from those guys and a lot of great independent uh, content but anyway some of my guys took the ring up there and one of the guys is a deputy sheriff so he's trained in all this stuff and when when scott steiner uh had his accident when scott went down you know laser as we call him uh one of my shows here in georgia was he was the guy to resuscitate him he was there you know doing chest compressions on scott and and kept big papa pump alive and, and scott's you know, very grateful to him for it. And that forged a bond with those guys, like nothing that we'll ever have because he saved the dude's life. But what I thought was cool was Scott invited him to these tapings in Nashville. He just said, Hey, you know, your guy 
he saved somebody's life. So he's always welcome. He's forever welcome here. We, we're indebted to him. And I just thought that's so damn cool for a guy like him, who it's a big deal for him to even get to be back there. And then it's an open door policy for him and he's welcome there now. I just, I, I really, it says a lot about the character of Scott for not forgetting him and forgetting that and, and, and always doing that. And, and, you know, laser loved it. Who wouldn't, it was, it was just really cool. <laughs> hey, here's something for you. I'm, I'm a big wrestling fan, just like Dennis is during, during my playing days, when I was in Cincinnati, we had NWO Wolfpack and NWO Hollywood. I was part of the Wolfpack. Aaron, Aaron Boone and Barry Larkin, they were part of the Hollywood. NWO Hollywood. Danny, Danny Gray's myself. And so towards the end of my career when I was in Washington, yeah, I was a big, big fan. And Jesse and Festus <laughs> came upon the scene. And... Uh-huh. You know, looking at you now versus I had a picture in my head. You were a lot younger. Yeah. But I'm looking at the transformation. I was telling Dennis when he said that you were coming out. I was like, he was on television last night. He looked like a bald-headed Kevin Nash. <laughs> and, I'm, and, I'm, and, the, and I'm, I'm going like that transformation from Festus to the Straight Edge Society. Then when you were part of Aces and Aces, Doc. Yeah. Gallows, then when you went to New Japan, when you really transformed yourself, because when yeah. you came into WWE with AJ Styles, I was like, this dude is freaking wicked, man. You had the face <laughs> paint on and stuff with the bullet club. Yeah. And then due to uncircum- um, unfortunate circumstances, you and Carl Anderson are on your feet as the Good Brothers, and, and y'all are promoting that. I'm really looking forward to see who y'all's allegiance is going to be with in the next few months. Yeah. And, um, and I love the way that you talk. Do, do, you, do you have like a coach or somebody, or, or how, how, how did it get to the point where you just like awesome on the mic? Man, we just uh, Carl and I always say we're just too full of shit. We like to hear ourselves talk. So we started the podcast originally in Japan, and it would just you know how it is, man. You get done playing, you're sitting in a hotel room bored. So we get a case of beer and hit record on his iPhone, and we were doing it for fun. And then people started listening, and we were like why are they listening to us? This is terrible. But I think it was interesting because we were in Japan at the time and stuff and it got a little following. And then of course you go to WWE and they don't want you to do it. We, we, uh, we kind of took time away from it, but we both guys who I think we just like to hear ourselves talk and we're such big wrestling fans that it kindly, it kind of comes natural. And uh, you know, you got to have somebody let you do it. You know, that Carl was a great promo in new Japan. I don't know if you guys have ever seen him, lead some of those bullet club yes. promos like one that mm-hmm. sticks out in my head is when he was introducing kenny omega into the bullet club i mean the guy's a hell of a talker but i they never really uh they never really saw that in us and developmental that was my strongest point because i got signed when i was 21 years old i didn't know how to work yet i was the greenest guy in the room but i knew that i could cut a promo and i cut some crazy ones and then uh circumstances happen and Festus was supposed to be another guy. And then it ended up being me and I was a silent character. So I think everybody just kind of went, Oh yeah, the big dumb guy can't talk. So I never, I never really got to. So uh, now that I'm allowed to, I can't shut up. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we love it. But I, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate the compliment, man. Thank you very much. It, uh, You're welcome. And, and the Kevin Nash thing is uh, that's not, an accident. I'll never be as cool as Big Kev, but I've always thought Big Kev was one of the coolest wrestlers. I thought lived. you was cool as hell last night. The way that you did too. And then you walked to the ring, you were going like that. I was like, oh my God, yeah. <laughs> that, that, yeah, I, I told Kevin one time I did a GFW show. And at the time, the Bullet Club was hot in Japan and they had a little thing going with Jeff. So Kevin and Jeff and I were sitting in a little dressing room in the back of one of these baseball. It was a baseball show at a minor league park. And I told Kevin, I said, man, if I steal anything else from your entrance. I'm going to have to start sending you a royalty check. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you know, you know he's he going to want like, that money. <laughs> <laughs> right? But no, he was, he's always been super cool to me. And, and obviously, you know, we, we love the freaking NWO. I, I remember I wasn't there when they started doing the two suite in New Japan, but Carl and Finn Balor would just do it in life <laughs> just because they liked it. And and, 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 and and they told me that, that, uh, Carl goes, we're going to start doing it in the ring. And Ferg Finn goes, everyone's going to think we're, we're fucking marks. We can't do it. And, uh, 
he was like, well, who gives a shit? Like it's putting them over anyway. Let's make it cool again. And then they started too sweet. And, and uh, then I got there and I was like, wait, you guys do too sweet in the ring. Oh, hell yeah, man. <laughs> One of the questions we love to ask people, especially when we get athletes on and we'd like to talk to them about their, their four way into wrestling, who mm-hmm. they've met and come across you being a sports fan and a wrestler, where have you crossed over into the sports part? Now, meeting athletes, geeky. Do you still even geek out when you meet athletes or even wrestlers? Uh, man, you know, I got a lot of guys now that I've been doing this for so long that are just my friends. You know, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Cody Decker. He's a yep. former MLB guy that's got a podcast. Love his We're podcast. just buddies. We just, we just call and talk shit about wrestling or baseball or or whatever, but it's always cool for me to see people from other sports who have an appreciation for pro wrestling because, you know, a lot of professional athletes don't, they don't understand, you know, kind of what goes into it. So I've always got a kick out of appreciated and respected the guys who, who, who know that we're, we're in a, we're in a grind too. And, uh, you know, it's always been a really cool thing for me, but, but this is a, this is a true thing. I, uh, I was, a, I was a big kid and, my dad thought like he's going to be a football standout and my dad, you know, baseball, football, basketball, loved it all. Uh, wanted me to, you know, always very supportive, but I graduated high school when I was 17 and I had a slow 40, but I was, I was big and strong. So they wanted to send me to prep school for a year because Marshall university told me that I needed to shave some time off the 40 and they give me the full ride. And I was like, I can't be wasting time playing college football. Like I got to get to wrestling. So I took the division two scholarship, which pissed him off <laughs> um, because in my, in my, in my head, I was like, hacksaw, Jim Duggan, Lex Luger, all these guys have started in football and then it got them to wrestling. I don't know how to get to wrestling, but if I can do decent at football, there's gotta be a way. Uh, so I was, I was wrestling. I had my scholarship there and I, I moved over there. I was 17 years old. It's my freshman season. And, um, <laughs> I went to the gym in town. I signed up the gym and I, I used to always ask this because I was like, how do I figure out how to get wrestling? I'm such a fan. I said, Is there, are there any pro wrestlers who work out of this gym? And usually people would just go, no, what are you talking about? And this old dude sitting behind the, the desk at Slamix gym in Fairmont, West Virginia goes, yeah, there's a guy who screws around and wrestles. Uh, his name is Lance and he comes in here at about five every day. And I was like, I got to find Lance. So I, my ass was camped out there every day at five waiting on Lance going, is that Lance? Finally, I met him. And, you know, he was a dude like I think in his forties at the time, who was a pharmaceutical rep um, coming out of a marriage that he might not have been too happy. In. And wrestling was his big hobby, but he wrestled for the local independent promotion. And he just, I was like, can I hang out with you? I'll do whatever. I'll set up the ring. I'll do whatever. Yeah, you can. So I'd go with him and I'd help set up the ring, put the chairs out, whatever. Well, the promoter was like, you know, at the time I'm like this six, seven, 310 pound kid and the West Virginia independent circuit didn't have much of that. So they're like, they'd let me get in the ring and practice a little bit and do stuff like that. And then one day he was like, we need you for the battle Royal. And I was like, all right, this is amazing. So they gave me an assassin mask. I had some black running tights and some of those black high tech boots that like stone cold used to wear out to the ring when you wear the jean shorts. Cause I just knew wrestlers wore them. I had them in my car all the time. So I put that shit on and I was in the battle Royal. I didn't know what I was doing. And that's how I started. I started right, right after my 18th birthday doing that. And I've told this story before, but I get a kick out of it. So I always retell it, but um, I went wrestling was my dirty little secret. You know, I wrestled under the mask. I had one tattoo and I put a big pad over it and I'd wrestle under the mask on the West Virginia Indies on the weekends. And I was, we, we had a show at the Clarksburg mall at center court. And there's about 20 people standing around the ring and I'm in a battle Royal again. And I look out and I see my football coach and I went, Oh no, and he looks, he looks pissed off. So I grabbed he one of the dudes. I'm like, oh, he, somebody stooged on me. I told two offensive linemen and one of them stooged on me. Uh, I wish oh. I could remember his name because I call him out, but uh, I'd say brother, throw me over the top. <laughs> I got eliminated. I ran, I ran straight to where we were dressing. I grabbed my shit with my tights and my mask still on. I ran out the back door. I drove away. I got back to my house in college. I was like, okay, I got away with this. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. This was like a Saturday, Monday morning, 7 a.m. Phone rings. Drew? Yeah, this is Coach Elliott. I need you in my office right now. I was like, oh, no. Because my other secret was if I wrestled in West Virginia, I wore the mask. But if I could go out of state, 
I had a little bit of hair and I had it bleached white. I had this crazy suntan. My whole body shaved. I look like none of these offensive linemen should look. They call me in the office and they go, um, we know about the wrestling. And I go, what are you guys talking about? And he goes, I saw you in the ring wrestling. And I'm, I'm like, I'm like, oh, shit, you know? So, so then finally the offensive line coach stands up and he goes, you need to make a decision. You need to decide if you want to be Dusty Rhodes or contribute to this football team. Now, you got to remember, I am the biggest mark in the world. And it just falls out of my mouth. I go, I want to be Dusty Rhodes. And he goes, what? <laughs> and I go, I want to be Dusty Rhodes. He goes, you got the week off. You got a week to think about that. And you better come back with the right decision. And I quit going to class. <laughs> I started going to the gym every day. I was like, man, Dusty Rhodes. I'm going to be Dusty Rhodes. I'm going to go back and I'm going to quit. And I didn't tell anybody I was going to do this. So I go back a week later the next Monday morning. What do you want to do? I quit. I'm going to be Dusty Rhodes. I never made it to be Dusty Rhodes. But what you don't think about when you're when you're this young and you're 19 or whatever, I now have to go back to my house that my dad's paying for, and I have my scholarship and go, oh. I just gave up a free education to be a pro wrestler, and the most I've ever been paid is $20. <laughs> <laughs> so my parents were less than happy. Uh, but then I went home, and my dad was like, you know what? If you're going to do this, you're not going to screw around. So he made he went and bought me a suit and got me my first business cards. And, and he was like, you can't fail. You can't fail now because you already have one failure. So now you got to make it. And, uh, you know, I just, I just started pushing and luckily, thank God it all worked out or I'd really have egg on my face right now. Boy, good thing your coach wow. wasn't like, do you want to be Barry Horowitz? <laughs> yes, sure. <laughs> I want to be Barry Horowitz. I'm in. <laughs> okay. Yes. yes. Let's go. Dude, <laughs> that sounds fine. <laughs> So let's talk a little hey, bit about talk. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to I want to ask him a, a real. This is a parallel question here between baseball and and professional wrestling in a sense of well, right now baseball is about to open up tomorrow, and there's going to be no one in the stands. And right, currently, y'all have none in the stands. What is the difference between the New Japan crowd and the crowds that are here when well when business is good. I'll say this. I think that it's kind of a misconception in America that the Japanese crowd is, is just quiet. Um, they're quiet and respectful, but if you learn how to get them, you can get them and get a reaction that'll make the hair on the back of your neck stand up. And I learned that from Carl Anderson because when I was first going there, when I was younger, like with IGF and Noah, like, I didn't understand how to get a Japanese crowd. So they were quiet for a lot of my matches. I thought I was doing something wrong. I probably was. But I remember that first Cork and Hall and him understanding that psychology and knowing like, hey, once that comeback hits, if we put a false finish right here and then we do this, he could hold him in the palm of his hand and literally make – it sounds like I'm making it up, but especially in Cork and where the acoustics were so good and the people were on top of you, he could make the building shake. So once I started listening to that and kind of figuring that out – like some of my, I'm getting chills right now. Some of my favorite moments ever were like Osaka, Joe Hall, um, Sumo Hall in Tokyo. And, and if you get 13,000 people who have been reasonably quiet and doing a respectful one of these to just lose their minds, it's probably one of the most rewarding feelings that you can have in our entire business. And I, I attribute to him understanding that style and knowing it so well and being so good at it that I got to experience that and kind of start learning it myself. Uh, but man, yes, that's true to a degree, but once you figure out how to really get them and then you can effectively do it, it there's, there's not a hell of a, I mean, there's not a better feeling, more rewarding feeling in wrestling I, that I can think of other than like, you know, maybe being the undertaker and winning WrestleMania. You know what I mean? It was really, really cool. What do they think of us as wrestling fans? Cause I, I know around the world, we kind of get like, ah, oh, Americans were the rednecks of any sport or anything like that. I mean, I, I, they're too polite to say it, but I think they probably think that, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> well, golly. I mean, only, only in America do the fans want to hijack the audience. And you know what I mean? Like they, and hey, you paid and bought the ticket. Do what you want to do. I'm not. I'm not shitting on you for it. Do what you want to do. But it's just a different. That culture's different too, man. Um, you know, I don't. I don't walk out at an American show and see people sitting there with a suit and tie on. But you can do that in Japan, um, because you know, 
Um, I don't know. Not that it's like wrestling's lowbrow in America or something, but I think that it's like culturally so accepted in Japan that it, there's more of a crossover element there than maybe what we have here. Um, because wrestling fans are wrestling fans. They're proud to be wrestling fans. I know I'm one of them. And that's it. If you don't like it, then whatever. You can go over here. But in Japan, I think it's more widely accepted. So you get you get more of the population all the way across the board, you know, economic level, whatever, uh, that are coming and watching, watching wrestling. Um, but, yeah, I kind of want to throw that question back to you a little bit. How do you how would you feel now walking out in Cincinnati in an empty stadium? It's different, right? You know, it it would it, it would be different, but with baseball, you know, you go through the minor leagues and of course when you play high school ball, the only crowd you really have are your parents, a couple yeah. of friends, and if you're good enough scouts. And then in the minor yeah. leagues, you have all those fields back there, and the only people that you gotta see it gotta be parents, girlfriends. Or the front office, and then yeah. when you play in Miami, you don't have a crowd either. But I, I was one of those. Guys, <laughs> I was one of those. Too hot, brother. Like, <laughs> like when you move up, the crowds get bigger from A yeah. all to double A to triple A. Then when you get to the big league, it's like, oh my god, you're playing in front of forty five thousand lights. You have yeah famous people in the stands. Yeah. And- that's what that was my fuel. A lot of people they they they'll nut up. They're like, oh shit, you know they they can't handle that. And I was like, yeah. that was my fuel. And then when I was yeah. on the road and get booed, like now hitting Dimitri, boo, <laughs> like breakfast because that meant I did something against your ass to get those boos. So I, I always fed off the crowd, and I can understand from y'all's standpoint as as wrestlers to be able to get the crowd involvement in because, you know, watching wrestling now, it's like you got to kind of self-entertain yourself. Man. That's kind of hard to do. I love that Dimitri's a real heel too. He loves the booze. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) But I I made that comparison in another interview, or maybe I was just talking to one of my buddies, but I said, like, I think, and I don't know, but because I've never done it at a level at all, like you have, but maybe if you're playing a real sport, you – have the competition of the sport. Like you still want to win the baseball game and beat the other team's ass where like me, if boom, 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 we're rocking and rolling. Then I run the guy over with a clothesline. I turn around and do a beauty shot and I'm used to getting either a yay or a boo. And there's just nobody there. I'm like, like that Will Ferrell thing. Like, I don't know what to do with my hands. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> so you do kind of have to entertain yourselves. I'm lucky because I have Carl and we entertain each other. So we can talk shit back and forth, but I don't know what I'm going to do when I have that first singles match in front of no people. We were in, so we did the Boneyard match, but before that, uh, we were at a set of tapings down there in the PC, and we had to do a um, like a match on main event with some uh, NXT guys, some Canadian guys. They're good, good wrestlers, nice guys. But I, I had to apologize when I was done because I hadn't done that since like wrestling school. Like since I was in developmental, we would do like just empty matches in front of each other where there's no reaction. So like I think I was waiting on the reaction and I just started beating the hell out of these two brothers because <laughs> I couldn't hear anything. And I got in the back. I said, boys, I'm sorry. I, I wasn't trying to pound you guys into the ground. I'm certainly not mad at you. That's completely on me. And they're, of course, very respectful and nice young guys. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's fine. I'm going, well, I wouldn't want to be hit like that shit. <laughs> Before we continue, I do want to stop and at least talk about your pay-per-view you have coming up August 1st, which yeah. Dimitri and I are excited about. We are getting it. Talking shop of mania. We're in COVID. Things are shutting down, and you're inviting people over to your house? Well, yeah, that and that, that's something that I, I'm going to address in each one of these interviews I do to try to beg you out there to buy this damn thing, <laughs> this buy brainchild. It. But my wife um, is an ER nurse, and she was in in the heat of the COVID stuff. And as it heated up, we made the decision because uh, we're at a place in life where we could do it, where I told her that maybe uh, continuing to go to work and expose herself to that was not a good idea. So she stopped working and is now finishing up her doctorate in chiropractic, which I think is also mutually beneficial because maybe I can wrestle forever. (laughs) Um, But what we did was we set up – we set up COVID stations, uh, masks, social distancing, temperature checks, questionnaires. Uh, before you came on the property, we had her out there in a booth where the car had to pass through. And then we had to 
it was really hard because we had to like schedule like, okay, we're going to shoot you guys from 10 to 12. And then I know we all want to hang out and see each other, but you got to get the hell out of here because it's not safe to have us all just hanging out. And, you know, wrestlers, it's something that's not serious like this and they haven't seen each other in six months or some of us a couple years are like, let's have beers, let's hang out. Like we all want to do that, but you really can't because we're in this COVID age. So we, we really did the best that we could to make everybody as safe as possible. And you have to do that or you're being completely irresponsible. So like, whereas I would have probably had 20 brothers uh, <laughs> hanging out here on the couches all night. Uh, we, you know, we had to send people back to the hotel and kind of, kind of shut down the fun a little bit, which we all wish we didn't have to do, but it was just um, out of the, out of the respect for what's going on in the world and trying to be safe. Um, but you also, uh, when you invite that many people into your house over that amount of time, like this thing's been professionally cleaned for eight hours. I'm still finding stuff that's pissing me off because <laughs> just too many people in and out over a two day period. But what? Uh, yeah, we took every precaution that we could we could think of, and we have a uh, we have a social distancing battle royal in the pay per view. So I hope you guys are entertained by that. <laughs> uh, uh, wait a minute, uh, social social distancing battle royal, right? So, of course, the one guy who screws that up has to get beat down, right? (laughs) (laughs) All bets off. That's right. (laughs) What was your experience taping this? Is this something that uh, you left with a great taste in your mouth? Did you you finish up and kind of go, ah, I don't know if I want to do this again? Yeah, I was exhausted, man, because this, like, I always say, but they, they laugh at it and back it up, that I forced Chad and Rocky to do this because I, I just had, I got a wild like left brain sense about me and I started spouting all these ideas and they're kind of going, what in the hell are you talking about? And I go, I'm running a pay-per-view in my backyard and you guys can participate or you don't have to. I don't care. I'm doing it either way. And they were just like, all right, we'll do it. <laughs> and then we did, but you don't realize what goes into that. You know, I, I promote my own shows and stuff, but to run a pay-per-view and to shoot a lot of it cinematic over two days. Like I put in two 14 hour days. We did a lot of the editing here when all the talent left, like literally in my dining room, um, me and the the main camera guy just working on the stuff. It was a self-funded deal. Um, at the end we had pro wrestling tees, high spots.com and, and porking good, which I had the hat on came on board and, and did some brotherly sponsorship. So big thank you to those guys. But, uh, I was going to do it either way. I just didn't realize what I was getting myself into. Um, so I think if we do it again and it gets any kind of a response, we'll, we'll probably plan better because I mean, I did everything from book and travel, book and hotels, writing the show uh, and <laughs> putting together things that didn't turn out the way that I wanted them to. And, and a whole just array of things that you don't think about, go into all this and you know when you have a small crew and you're trying to do social distancing like we had a camera guy who he got too hot in the middle of day one and he left and went home once he got his money so i got the guy who's playing my theme song for the main event who's a musician who does this for a living who thankfully loves wrestling holding a camera filming one of the matches like that's how ridiculous this became because we're short-handed you know i got my wife in there trying to order catering for people and restaurants are in a weird situation because of the way the world is right now. So it was a melee. And I, you know, I thank all the people. If you've seen the, um, the graphic and stuff, we had a lot of great names uh, from our business current and from the past who came and everybody was cool. Everybody put their best foot forward. Everybody had fun. You're not going to watch this and say like, that was a great work rate match. You're, you're going to watch this and get a kick out of seeing people do stuff that, is not their serious television character and, and having fun and being in on the joke and getting the wink of it. And uh, like, I mean, the stuff with Chico and Chavo Guerrero, like every time I watch it, I laugh my ass off because I was like the boner yard match. I want to make as ridiculous <laughs> as possible, but I think I might've laughed more at those two because it was just, it, it's some, it's some really funny shit. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. The best way I can promote it is it's good people doing fun stuff. So go out there. It's 14 bucks. You, you spent 14 That's bucks yeah. on a T-shirt that you probably only wear one time or a pin or a yeah. hat. Get a pay-per-view. Support something fun and good. And maybe he'll do it again. You, yeah, you know what? 
this this fourteen ninety five is gonna be a lot easier. I, I like to fish out here in Southern California. You go get one nice. of those plastic lures anywhere from fifteen to twenty dollars. Yeah, and you go out there and cast it, it breaks the breaks the line and goes into the ocean. Pisses you, you off know, every that's, time. That's, 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 yeah, man, that's the worst. That's the worst when you cast that. So I'm losing twenty dollars each time. So I'm definitely putting in fourteen ninety five so I can get my shits and giggles in. Well, man, I appreciate you guys giving me two more buys. That might make it four. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about you being a sports fan for a little bit. I and Like I said, we like to talk a little bit about the crossover. You had mentioned a little bit that you're a baseball fan. We know that your best friend Carl is a Cincinnati Reds guy, which yeah. now you'll get to tell him that you just did a podcast with Demetri Young, and he'll probably be like, who? Demetri <laughs> Hell no. Uh, no, man, I grew up in Western Maryland. So um, granddad, dad, uncle, it was all the Pittsburgh teams. And we suffered through a lot of tough years with Pittsburgh baseball. <laughs> now I uh, wish Dimitri but, was oh, here or man. Jason Kendall was here. Or Jason, yeah. <laughs> he was part of those losing Yeah, years. no, I know. I know. Absolutely. But I, I mean, my, I love Jay Bell and Andy Vance like growing up. And I remember the 1992 National League championship game it was them and the reds or no them and the braves excuse me the sid bream yes and if pittsburgh won they were going to the world series and you know this is 1992 i'm what am i eight or nine years old my dad spent all this money and if if the pirates win he's going to the world series him my uncle and my granddad it's a huge deal they're going to surprise my grandfather and the Braves beat him out, and I don't remember, in the ninth inning or something, it came down to the wire. And I, I never – my dad never raised a hand to us, never raised his voice. My mom was a disciplinarian. I remember he walked into their bathroom and just screamed, fuck. And then I heard a loud <laughs> crash, and he hit their bathroom sink so hard. My dad's bigger than me that it shattered the sink, like the porcelain sink. So he went from fire running out of his eyes – to doing the Ric Flair beg off to my mother because he just crashed the uh, massive bedroom <laughs> bathroom sink over the Pirates not making it to the World Series, man. And that that's my – I can say it to him now. That's my favorite baseball memory. Is was seeing how hot he got about that shit, man. Have but, you ever uh, taken yeah. BP in a ballpark? I never have. I um, There's a good YouTube video, though, if you want to see my baseball excellence where we um, – we're in Baltimore, uh, and uh, <laughs> we're throwing out the first pitch here a year or two ago. And uh, I, this is my excuse. I broke my elbow very early on in wrestling, and at the time you couldn't really say anything. And it doesn't straighten all the way. It only, it only goes about that far. I don't know if you can see that or not. So I never was a good pitcher, and my accuracy is even worse due to it. That's my excuse. Uh, so Carl gets up there and he's a collegiate baseball standout and he throws a beautiful strike. And I went, this bitch. <laughs> I, now my parents live two hours away. They drove down with my brother and his family to laugh at me because they knew that this was going to go awry. And brother, I mean, 12 to 15 feet at least over the catcher's head. And the guy oh, was a wrestling fan. He comes up and he goes, man, I was trying to make you look good, but I can't jump. <laughs> I said, damn. <laughs> I just look like the most unathletic <laughs> bastard in the world. It almost was on par with my uh, walking down the ramp at Slam Aversary. I'm going to wear these cool cowboy boots, and there's oil on the ramp. And I don't know if you – I'm sure you guys saw the oh. gift. The no-hand crotch chop. I go, that's how you want your debut to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you almost but did a shock master. That's what I was going to say. I said, if I would have busted my ass, I would have had to walk back up the ramp and tell Scott I'm quitting. You would have to. What have been my shockmaster moment? The guys out there before us were all oiled up and wet, and they're coming down that ramp, and it's metal, and that cowboy boot hit it, and I went, oh, no, oh, no. So thank God I saved it. I know everybody got a little laugh, but they'd still be laughing if I would have went down, brother. You know what I mean? He wouldn't be doing any podcasts tonight, I can tell you that. No, no. Oh. no. I, you guys wouldn't have called, and I wouldn't have answered. <laughs> Yeah, we, we're going to have to get him to come out because when this whole thing passes, Dimitri, Jason, and I, we're going to get together and play some baseball in one of the pro stadiums that they Dude. used to play on. And sometimes they, they invite a couple guys out. and We need to get, we need to get Myers and we need to get, uh, we need to get Hot Carl. 
that would be uh that would be really cool i will love to come along i'll have a beer and watch you guys but uh, i'm done embarrassing myself in major see you swatting that butterfly oh man that's your that's your world brother <laughs> come on you don't think you could hit one out of a ballpark i mean if i could get a hold of it if it's a big if though that's the hardest thing in professional sports everybody knows that it's well documented i mean kudos to you guys like that's well not me i mean i'm just the fan i i told my son that i go if you want to prove to me that you're great at sports hit a home run please every time because this football shit, I did that. You don't have to be that athletic to do that. <laughs> you know what? You do have to be an athlete to be a professional wrestler, regardless yeah. of being predetermined or anything. You know, I had this discussion with people. Don't you know it's fake? I was like, you go out there and do all those moves and stuff. I was like, those guys are in tip-top shape. They're in better shape than baseball players and, and stuff, watching all the stuff that y'all do, the training. And then y'all have to be right because you had someone else's life in their body in your hand and stuff so i give y'all that's, a whole yeah. lot of credit for doing that stuff that's true man and the, the timing of it and everything is uh is really meticulous it took me a long time you know the first couple of years you have to really learn that and understand you know timing and how to be smooth at it and stuff and that's why like you know a wrestling career without injuries can last a little bit longer but i watch like i watch dustin Rhodes on aew and i go the age that dustin has gotten to and to be still as damn good as he is in the ring and to move like that. Cause I know how I feel at 36. Dustin's probably pushing 50 now. I love Dustin, but uh, he impresses the hell out of me like night in and night out because I, you know, I would watch them put a young guy with him just so he'd go out there and run them because he was so good at it. But you know, the wrestling is it's the getting, the getting up and getting down is the hardest part because you can't train for that in the gym. Even if you're doing burpees and stuff like that, like, I was off for three months and I have a school here and I got a ring here at the house and I put it off too long, man. I put it off about two months and finally I told my wife, I had to get in that damn ring and I got to take a couple bumps. So I got a couple of my buddies over here that, that do my shows and stuff. And I was like, you guys bump me around a little bit, you know, do your thing. So I take a couple bumps. They're shooting me off the ropes. They're doing all this stuff. And I woke up in the morning and got my shower and I got out of the shower and I had the rope burns across my back. Like I did the first Ooh. week in business. And I was just like, you forget our bodies just get callous because you're doing it for five nights a week for years and years and years and years. When you turn that off, I was like, I'm going to feel so much better after these three months are up. I think my body kind of went ah, and it relaxed. And then I really felt all of it and I felt worse. <laughs> I got to get back into ring shape and doing it. You know what I mean? Now, Doc King on a sec. I got a Dimitri. He's this Jimmy's talking about. This is where people go in and they work out and try to get muscles. I know you don't know what a gym is. I, you know. Oh, me? Yeah, you. You you probably spell Jim J I M. <laughs> That's my joke. I love that. <laughs> it's right, right? I, I'm spelling it right. I mean, Dimitri, you make the joke that you were like hitting 350 and weighing 350 in major leagues. Yeah, I went in. I went to the gym. I worked out, and then I went to the restaurant and ate a lot. <laughs> hey, respect for that, man. man yeah. <laughs> so we now that I think about, it, we should call this the Cincinnati Reds podcast because Sean Casey was a Red, you were a Red, and Brett Boone was a Red. Brett Boone sometimes. <laughs> Sean Casey sometimes. It's me and Kendall. That's right, man. That's th- right. Listen, I hopefully we're gonna have you on again because this has been great. Yeah, this has been great. Man. Uh, I you had a busy week. I know that uh, you're slamming in a lot of interviews. Dimitri, do you have anything else you want to ask him? The next time we talk, I got to meet the machine gun. Got to meet Carl Anderson, man. You two are the shit together. <laughs> so I just I just want the other part, of the tag team of the Good Brothers, man. Carl's not going to be able to handle it. He's going to love, he's going to start marking out for you and it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait. Uh, we're, we're, we're decent on our own, but we're best together. Absolutely. He, he hit me up earlier and goes, man, I got a big interview on Monday, but um, can you do it with me? I said, man, I got all these interviews and he goes, well, you know, we're better together. And I said, shit, I know we're better together, but we can't tell them that. <laughs> I do have one last question. Yeah, sure. I'm a big fan of AJ Styles. Yep. Um, just give me one thing that just makes him the phenomenal one. I mean, AJ Styles would be 
I don't know where you would rank him or who your baseball guy would be. Like he would be for my father, Roberto Clemente. He's just the guy. Uh, there's nothing that he can't do. There's nothing that he can't do flawlessly. Every dollar that gets deposited into his bank account, he earned. He's a man's man. Um, and, you know, he sticks up for his friends. He's a good human being. He's a good father. He's a good husband. He's the kind of he's if you had to pick a brother-in-law, you want it to be Alan Jones. Um, because he just I can't say enough good stuff about AJ. He he's on Twitch promoting my stupid talking shopamania, which he probably isn't even allowed to do right now, just because we're that good of friends and he's my buddy. So I mean, there's just nothing nothing more I can say about that guy other than he's the best at what he does and he's a better human being than I am. So that's about the best put over I can give you. For everybody at home, this interview is about to be over. For us, Dimitri and I will get to mark out for Doc here for a second, make him listen to us kiss his butt for a second. But make sure you go get Talk and Shop a Mania. This is going to be a great podcast or great pay-per-view. I personally can't wait. I'm excited. It's my second favorite event this, this month that I'm excited for. Well, technically this month for me because we got Slammiversary, and now we're going to get this. We're going to talk about it on the pay-per-view. Uh, you know, I appreciate you answering the email. This was, this has been phenomenal. You can follow him on Twitter at the underscore big LG. Thank you, man, for all the time that you gave Dimitri and I tonight. And I wish Jason could be here. He was going through a family emergency. He understood. Man- yeah, but he was he was geeked out about this, and hopefully, we can make it happen. Now that I know that you're a Pittsburgh guy. Oh yeah, we'll definitely make it happen. That that would be very fun, and and you guys have been a blast. I feel like we're just sitting in the basement shooting the shit. So we this are. one didn't it didn't feel like work. It felt fun. So I appreciate awesome. it. I'll come Thank on anytime. You. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thank you guys so much for listening to this edition of Wrestling with Sports with Jason Kindle, Dimitri Young, sometimes Brett Boone, and myself, Dennis Farrell. Remember, you can listen to Wrestling With Sports on all major platforms, especially if you're a new listener. Make sure you rate, subscribe, leave a comment, and please, please, please tell your friends. We have a brand new RSS feed, so we're really trying to promote that, and we can't do it without your help. If you're on Twitter, make sure you follow Brett Boone at TheBoone29, Dimitri Young at D-A Meat Hook, D-A Duh Meat Hook, Jason D. Kindle 18 is for Jason Kindle and myself, Undisputed DPF. I just changed it, by the way. Once again, guys, thank you so much. Every time you download and you listen, it means the world to all of us. And we keep doing it for you. So please, please, please tell your friends. That's the way you can get back to us here at Wrestling With Sports. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook as well. Wrestling With Sports. That's where you can get some live videos. You can get fresh content that you can't get anywhere else. So on behalf of the guys, thank you once again, Wrestling With Sports. Here at Wrestling With Sports, want to thank you for listening, our fans. And by doing that, we are giving away free stuff, contest stuff, essentially. It may be from Twitter, Facebook, many different ways to win email. And we're going to tell you really quickly how to do it. Do you want to win a Jason Kindle personalized autographed jersey of the team he played on of your choice? Same with Dimitri Young. Do you want to win a whole bunch of baseballs or game-used batting gloves from Jason Kindle? Brett Boone autograph. We are giving that stuff away, many different things, bobbleheads, baseballs, posters, all kinds of stuff that they have just sitting around, and they want to give you the fans. And let me tell you really quickly, all you have to do, if you're on Twitter, just follow Wrestling WS. That's the Wrestling With Sports Twitter feed. Make sure you follow that. Retweet a few of our tweets. If you want to be kind, go ahead and follow Dimitri Young at da Young. Follow Jason Kindle at Jason D. Kindle 18. And you can follow me, Dennis Farrell, at Undisputed DPF. If you're on Facebook, go over and like our Facebook page, Wrestling with Sports. We do a lot of live videos there, some stuff that you may not see anywhere else. 
and share any posts you see. We're giving stuff away to people who share stuff randomly and contest winners. Maybe you're like, hey, Dennis, Jason, and Dimitri, I don't have Facebook or Twitter. That's all right. Shoot us an email at wrestlingwithsports at gmail.com and tell us why you should win something. Those emails, by the way, you're giving us permission to read on the air, and we will. You can win something just by emailing us. Now, the biggest way to get noticed is show us a picture and email it to us of you subscribing to the podcast on any major platform. Rate, subscribe, leave a comment. Show the picture of the comment, and trust me, it will get noticed. That's the biggest way for us to grow, and you're helping us grow, and we're going to reward you for helping us grow. We're all one big podcast family here, and we're just the guys that have some cool stuff to give away to you. So to recap, tweet us, you win. Email us, you win. Facebook us, you win. You win, and you get great content even if you're not selected. We're going to try to select as many people as we can. It's going to be random. It's going to be fun. And we promise you will enjoy us giving away random. Oh, Zoom meetings. We are giving away a ton of Zoom meetings with Jason, sometimes Brett, and Dimitri Young. If you have a young kid who's playing baseball, get a free lesson from MLB All-Stars. Maybe you're just a fan of the show and you want to talk to them. Hey, now you can win a Zoom meeting. We're just giving stuff away to you, the fans. We got a brand new feed here and we want to make sure you help us grow it. So please... Tell your friends, whether it's on Facebook, whether it's on Twitter, whether it is word of mouth, and let us know you're telling them, and we will do our best to reward you with all these cool giveaways. This episode of Wrestling With Sports is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, remember the days you were always ready to go. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, bluechew.com. That's like blue in the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewables with the same FDA-approved ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know it works. You can take it any time of day or night even on a full or empty stomach. And since they're chewable, they work twice as fast as the pills, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. If you could benefit from more confidence where it counts, Bluetooth is fast and easy, and it's the way to enhance your performance in bed. So why wouldn't you do it? Honestly, guys, Bluetooth is prescribed online by a licensed physician, so you don't have any awkward doctor's visits, and especially in the day of covid you don't have to be around people, and it ships right to your door in a very discreet package. They're made in the USA, so it's cheap. Blue Chew is direct, and the cheaper option, trust me, go to bluechew.com. Right now, Wrestling With Sports has a deal for you just for our listeners. Go to bluechew.com. Get your first shipment for free. Just use the promo code Dennis and pay $5 shipping. I know you paid $5 for much more. DoorDash, you pay $5.99 for a tip, for God's sakes. So trust me, the $5 is worth it. It helps the show out a lot. Again, BlueChew.com. Use the promo code Dennis. Try it for free. I promise you, you'll love it. I love it. Try it for free. $5 shipping and handling. Use the promo code Dennis. <laughs> 